0: Hi! Welcome to the CHB Sports Show podcast, the last one from Brandon, accompanied by a piano. On this episode, you'll learn about stick curling, about the new Woman in Sport exhibit at the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, and my karaoke debut. No, it's not this piano, but it was fun on the podcast. It's a Friday morning at the Brandon Curling Club, eight sheets of ice inside the monstrous Keystone Centre. And today the men and women aren't sliding out of the hack, they're actually walking. It's a stick curling clinic, rocks on ice with a very shuffleboard feel.
1: The stick curling and the little uh, difference is a two-man team, one at one end and one at the other end. And uh, no running up and down the ice sweeping, you can only sweep from the hog line in. And uh, six rocks being thrown and six ends so it only lasts for three quarters of an hour and uh, and it's it's really good for people that are uh, getting a little older and don't want to run up and down the ice because uh, you can just stay at one end. That's Charlie McCullough, a stick curler from Carmen, Manitoba. How did he come across this sport? Well, I started stick curling in 2009. A friend of mine in Winnipeg asked me to win the Canadian Championships. were being held at the St. Vitale Club and uh, Actually, I didn't intend to go in them, but uh, he said to me, he said, uh, I put us, uh, I entered us in the Bondsfield, So I ended up in the Bondsville, and I've been stick curling ever since then.
0: How's the footwear the same?
1: That can be either way. Uh, when I first started, I always took uh, my gripper off and, and delivered with my slider and uh, that worked uh, well some just uh, used the grippers and uh, about two or three years ago uh, since i started getting a little older my balance isn't as good and uh, the first game of the season i walked out there and took my gripper off to deliver the rock and uh, good in the six i don't know they seem to have greased the ice up over the summer or something but i was having a hard time standing up so i went back put the gripper on and changed and do use both grippers so you can do it either way Charlie
0: mentioned there was a Canadian stick curling championship that he played in. How did he do?
1: Well, in 2009, uh, it was at the St. Vitale Club, and uh, uh, we won eight games and lost two and uh, uh, didn't didn't uh, win. Uh, but the following year, it held at the Fort Gary in Winnipeg, and uh, my friend and I won the Canadian championship uh, yeah, that year. Wait, he won the whole thing? That was quite a thrill. Uh, I'm from Carmen, Manitoba, which is about uh, an hour out of Winnipeg, and my partner was from Winnipeg, and uh, when I left home uh, to go in to Winnipeg, my wife says, well, good luck, and I said, well, uh, thank you, I'm going to need it, I said, "Uh, there's probably no chance that we're going to win it, but uh, uh, as long as we curl well is what I was hoping for, and uh, actually it turned out very well.
0: That's awesome. This year's championship, by the way, in Charlottetown at the end of the month, though, there is no world championship. Here at the Brandon Curling Club, manager Crystal Lawson says their stick league is growing.
1: Uh, Well, we have 24 teams, so 48 people altogether because it's two-person teams. It's growing very well, yes. Yeah, it's getting very popular. We've grown from uh, maybe 20 teams last year to the 24 teams this year, so it is growing.
0: McCullough agrees that he's seeing more people try it out.
1: Yes, there's more and more getting into the stick curling uh, because of the fact that they don't have to run up and down the ice and because the games only last three quarters of an hour so they don't have to be out there a long time.
0: And he says there was a slight learning curve at first, especially when it comes to getting the weight down.
1: That is probably the hardest thing if you're ever using a stick for curling is trying to get the draw weight. It's not just as easy to... uh, fine draw weight as if you're thrown from the hack. Now, on the other side of the coin, hits probably are a little easier with a stick than they are from the hack. I have known uh, quite a few curlers that were just... More or less average curlers, and when they turned to a stick, turned out to be pretty fair curlers.
0: Retired curler and three time Brier champ Nolan Thiessen was in the club ahead of the clinic for a bit of a celebrity match. The first time I'd ever curled with a stick.
2: I was good. I, that's why I said I was like, you know, it's still just draw weight, it's still just getting that feel um, for how, how hard you got to push. So um, that was okay. Hits, I was kind of lost, but I mean, I was a lead anyway, so I didn't throw many hits when I was competitive either so but no it was fun it it was interesting and it just shows the, the sport for life that curling is so and he admits that yeah there's a learning curve oh yeah definitely definitely I mean there was one I drew button and then the next one I chucked through so I mean definitely didn't quite have the touch that I used to have back when I was playing in the briars
0: but he also points out like Charlie did that it's a great alternative for those who want to stay with the sport whose bodies might not allow them to slide out of the hack anymore 100%.
2: Hundred percent. It, it it gives people options to, to still come down to the club, you know, still enjoy the social at- atmosphere of the sport, and um, you know, still stay involved because um, you know there's there's different leagues and different
0: things for everybody, and stick curling is one of them. Lawson says that's why a lot of the members of the stick league in Brandon are playing.
1: We have people that are coming back to curling, people that have maybe quit because their knees aren't so good and can't throw anymore, and so they're coming back to stick curl now. It's nice to see. Yes. So was it all,
0: how do I put this without sounding like a mean millennial, old people?
1: They are, but they are a few middle-aged people as well that that have their knees have gone bad, and they've changed to stick curling.
0: And McCullough, who's in his early 80s, by the way, agrees, with a couple exceptions.
1: Well, the tendency is it's mostly older people. Uh, I mentioned that uh, when we won the... the stick curling championships uh one of the teams we played was from armstrong british columbia and the guy that i was playing against was maybe 50 years old so i turned to him and said now have you got a bad back or bad knee or something and he said i don't have anything wrong with me the thing is that out our way every weekend there's a stick curling bonspiel, and the only way you can get in them is if you use a stick so he said i started using a stick so i could get into those Now, about uh, three years ago in our Manitoba uh, Stick Curling Championships, we had two twin girls out of Petersfield that were 12 years old entered in it. And they were twins, and it was kind of comical because one threw right-handed and one threw left-handed, but uh, it was comical to watch and nice to have young people, so young people can get in it too. But a tendency is it's older people.
2: So is Mr. Thiessen going to join a league now? Uh, I'm not sure about it yet. Maybe I still feel like I can actually like slide and uh, do that, So, but uh, in the
3: future, you never know for sure. And my goodness, uh, as I'm standing here, with two of the names on, an absolutely amazing list. I'd like to have a dollar for every time I've mentioned some of these names on a CJOB Sportscast, but uh, Olympian Susan Ock, Olympian Michelle sawatsky uh, we're part of a, a hot stove that I have the absolute pleasure of being a part of. And Susan, this has to be just a... I, I know you've had so many incredible experiences in your career, but this has, because it's at home, this has to be a little special, isn't it?
4: Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, when... when anyone champions women and women in sports specifically it's obviously a highlight for me and it it, you know we're not there obviously uh, but we are really making strides and and you know what was really prevalent to me was the mixture of male and females attending today and and you know while it's great for me to toot our horn as a woman it's super important for men to toot the horn to their daughters and their sons and and the world to champion uh you know women moving forward in all areas of life so it's been really great today
3: i'm looking over your left shoulder at two of my all-time heroes clara hughes and cindy Clausen, and uh, michelle sawatsky Coop. of course you played on that 1996 canadian women's volleyball team that made the first ever olympic appearance in atlanta and I know the people here had a chance to hear that story, but you have pleased, for our listeners, you have to share that story about uh, the uh, lead-up to the opening game against Cuba.
5: Yeah, you know, we we sort of got lucky or unlucky to play the best team at the competition. And uh, it was an incredible experience just to be in a gym that size. And, you know, they line you up outside the gym because it's all pomp and circumstance. you got to put your sweatsuit back on. And and they they run you into the gym. and, And the music, the Olympic music starts to play. And everyone knows what I'm talking about, even though we don't remember the exact tune. And it sometimes changes, but it's Olympic music. And then the announcer says, and now the Olympic team from Canada. And then, you know, you feel like you're... 12 years old, you know, I, I will never get too old to not be emotional about a moment like that because, because it's uh, the culmination of so many hours and days and years when nobody was watching and the hours that nobody knows about even they kind of think they know, but they don't. And, you know, you ask someone like Susan, how many hours she was on that cold ice when it was dark and cold and the coach was already in a bad mood telling her she wasn't going fast enough and everything was hurting. And in the moment that you run into the Olympics as an Olympic athlete for Canada, you just you just remember all those moments. And and for me, it was like running on air. And uh, to play against twelve of the best volleyball players in the world, it was incredible. You know,
3: and the thing I loved about all of that is you weren't even starting. You you were a, a, a support player, if you will, at that time. But. There's a great message there for any young athlete, and I don't care whether you're a girl or a boy, to live the moment and and enjoy it. And Susan, one of the things you talked about as well was your honesty and your forthrightness, which I, I know you'll never, ever lose, but it did create some challenges for you as an athlete, didn't it?
4: Well, for sure. I think when you first try using your voice sometimes uh your tact as a young person isn't always as good as it can be when you're more mature um i've definitely uh probably made my mark because of the things that i've said and and you know i'm uh, as much as i want to say i always need to be authentic there are ways to get what you want Um, by using your voice and you do have to use it and you have to try to use it see what happens the first time you use it and then if it doesn't work try it a different way but I think you know right now we've opened the door to many many girls and women and people in sport and everywhere in life to opening their um, kind of using their voice to speak up on safe sport issues and and I you know we didn't talk about that interestingly on the on the hot seat hot stove
3: no, you were on the hot seat.
4: <laughs> the hot stove. Um, but it is, it's is—it's a massive issue for all of us, and it's interesting to me, and I think the, the floodgates have just opened, because and it's not because it's just now happening, which, you know, other countries are looking at us thinking, oh, they really have a problem in Canada, but we don't. We're leaders in this area. We are absolutely leading the charge in, in allowing a safe place for people to speak up, and it is... It is in sport that is leading it. It's not only happening in sport, right? So that's the big thing. It's in the workplace. It's in schools. It's everywhere. But sport is leading the charge, and I think that's what's really amazing.
3: Yeah, I I loved uh, when Minister Cox uh, made her uh, address. And talked about uh, what happened just before the Winter Games in Red Deer this year, about the anti-abuse, the anti-bullying proclamation, uh, I I think she called it the the, the Red Deer Declaration or something along that line. Uh, Michelle, that has to be, I think... And it doesn't really matter which athlete, but let's face it. I would suggest that female athletes would be more vulnerable, and so this has to be just at least another wonderful step in terms of just being able to go out there and compete and nothing else.
5: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of us who grew up in the '80s playing sports, you know, it was sort of the the um, the theory of the day. You know, um, how tough can we make practice so that you can face anything in competition? And it's interesting for me having grown up in that environment, an environment I quite actually learned to appreciate because we won a lot because of how disciplined and how well we played and how nothing but the best was expected of us but it's inspiring to be able to hear someone say out loud, we're not going to cross the line but we're going to use um, everything we can, we can still be the toughest athletes out there, we can still be but but with encouragement and with standards that are high and I think that's a journey and with respect and, and I think it's a journey in learning in all of us in sport, learning how to achieve greatness without without demeaning, without right having to hit the bottom before we come up. Why don't we stay where we are and just reach for the top from there, and um, and, and believe in ourselves enough so that it's not a tough exterior because we've been protecting ourselves the whole time. But it's tough because we are going to rise above. You know the stuff that is bringing us down, and I think the fact that it's declared and that it is out there is already a massive step. And I think. I think a lot of people are working towards that. Even those who um, maybe were in that era are now trying to head into a new era, still coaching, still contributing, but in a different way.
3: 1996 Volleyball Olympian Michelle sawatsky coop now a coach of her twin boys in volleyball. Susan Ock, five-time Olympian, multiple silver medalist, the CEO of Speed Skating Canada. Madam, I'm glad you two ladies are still involved. Thank you so much for this.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: That music should be a hint. Yes. So, uh, I guess, I don't know how long this has been a tradition, but I definitely saw that they did this in Sydney, but members of the media hold a karaoke night during the briar or the curling event So they'd tell us, hey, we're coming to the double-decker once the straw's done. Okay. I've never done karaoke before. I've played the video game rock band before, but I've never done a karaoke event before. So we, uh, Austin and I go back to the hotel. There were some problems with me checking into this new one, so we were a bit late. But I get there, and I'm a little nervous. I've been thinking all day, what song should I do? My first karaoke song. Everyone there is doing rock. And uh, Jason Bell. Winnipeg Free Press. He can sing. That was very impressive performance by him. But anyway. I didn't know what to do. So I look in the catalogue and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'll do Brian Wilson by the Bare Naked Ladies. I know that one well. They don't have it. And there's this voice nagging in the back of my head. Sing see a chandelier. Why? I don't know. I can't sing. I don't know if you heard me during many of the promos we run or during the Christmas special, Twelve Days of Jetsmith, but my singing voice is not the best, but after a, a couple a couple beers and a little bit of seeing everyone else do it, you realize, you know what, it's not so bad, let's just go up there and do it. So, I, I did this song, I'm not going to sing it right now, but I'm in a public place, but I just gave it on this part, and uh, I think people liked it. People were stunned. But it wasn't, wait, there's more. You heard Bohemian Rhapsody coming in. That's a song that if you're going to sing in karaoke, you better make sure it's good. So uh, Devin Haru for CBC Sports, just I guess as a joke, said, hey, we should sing Bohemian Rhapsody. I said, sure. And then we both started really thinking, "Um, this is not the best idea. And then the time came, and we did it, and it was, I don't know. You get lost in the moment, and then it's over, and you don't even know if you were good or not. I'm pretty sure it wasn't good. It couldn't have been good. I can't sing. Is there footage of it out there? Maybe. I haven't seen it, and you'll never see it. You'll just have to take my word for it, okay? That's it. It was fun, though. It's fun. And who knows? Maybe I've got a karaoke. Fi- no, I don't. I've, that's it. I'm going to quit while I'm on top. Two songs. That's it. That's it. I just hope there's a media game like they had in Sydney, because I'm ready to curl. I'm ready to curl, baby. Curl your enthusiasm. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mel and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes. Not available on Google Podcasts. Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Yes.